0: Hey guys, I'm here with Heather Marie to talk about employment options for massage therapists, uh, private practice, independent contractors, employee status. Uh, this was brought on. I decided to invite her on the podcast because I saw an interesting conversation. It might have been in Badass Body Workers. Is that where it was?
1: It was the Massage Therapy Collective.
0: Okay. I wasn't sure it was. I knew it was a Facebook group, but um, uh, this conversation comes up all the time and I thought it'd be nice to have a, a new perspective. So what... Uh, well, one, uh you can follow her at a uh, good medicine massage on her Instagram. And then what information did you want to uh talk about specifically in relation to therapists working places and employment options? Like what are the things that uh get to you? Uh,
1: so the from my own experience, you know, I I've been a massage therapist since what 2021, and I tried to do it on my own a little bit and then I was like, "Well, let me actually earn my dues and start at the bottom and work in, um, some other areas like a chiropractor office or a franchise and see what that's all about. And then as I was starting to work, I was like, I don't get paid enough at all. Like what I'm putting out is not worth what I'm getting back really. Yeah. And so then I was wondering why a lot of massage therapists were okay with such little pay. And that's kind of where the the thread started on that Facebook page on that group page.
0: It's a, it's a brutal conversation and (laughs) uh, I run massage entrepreneurs. There's 14,000 massage therapists, 50% of which will mock me on a regular
2: basis.
0: (laughs) It's um, like, I work for myself. I I do something different and I decided to do something different and I teach something different and everybody goes, but we don't, we don't like different Robert, we want to be like all the other massage therapists. And I'm like, okay, so just. Be satisfied with what you get, and they're like, burr,
1: burr, burr. <laughs> yeah. So it was—it was kind of funny. A, a multiple people told me to get off my high horse a few times, and they're like, "You're not worth that much." But then at the same time, uh, providing relief, pain relief, and yeah. helping people recover from injuries—that's gold. Yeah, you know what I mean. It, there's a there's a bigger
0: debate because, uh, and as an educator, I, I see this because I, I pay attention to this sort of. Culture war in the massage industry. And there's a bigger debate between essentially what they would think of as like relaxation and spa, Mm -hmm. and then pain relief and like clinical work. And some therapists almost want like a delineation legally where there's like a dual tier to licensure to differentiate themselves. And in the end, you have to have a very minimal amount of training. Most states, it's just like 500 hours. It's that here in Texas. Uh, mm-hmm. to be able to get your massage license. There's no way that a therapist, after 500 hours of training in a massage school to get the basics, to be able to pass the MBLex, is gonna be able to do the level, level of clinical work I can do after 20 years, practice in the field. Right. And that's the delineation. The students even, because I'm an educator, when I'm trying to impart information, when I'm trying to teach the students what I do, they go, but this is too long. Like, this takes too much time, and I'm like, it took me 20 years to put it together. Yeah. Like, right. it might take a couple weeks, guys. We've got to work on it.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, A a couple of people that I went to school with, they were like super passionate about it. And even before they joined the 500 hour courses, they were watching videos on YouTube, like from people like you or from, uh, I forget what this other one, she's really popular. And they were just like really passionate about getting as much information as possible. And then they're like, well, our continuing education courses will add on to what we already know, like over time, because we are required to have continuing education courses every day or every year. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. So even though it is pretty minimal here in Texas, you can expand your knowledge base pretty quickly if, if that's what you want to do. It's kind of up to an individual.
0: Yeah. There's a, a weird thing because I think the therapists, when they're in school, they're just so fixated on getting the curriculum down so they can pass and get their license they think continuing education is later i'll i'll worry about that later yeah but i see a huge divide between therapists who are regularly taking new classes trying to expand their skill set and therapists who basically do 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 the bare minimum take an online class just to fulfill the requirements to get their license renewed um And,
1: and to get a job quickly
0: yeah there's some people where it's just you know get a job and survive and then there's other people who are trying to up their you know skill set i find a huge divide over time in therapists that way and just so you understand like my practice is completely mat based my sessions are three hours and they cost six hundred dollars a piece i'm told by massage therapists in austin that what
2: that's impossible and i go why and they're like Mat work represents
0: 0.01% of the massage industry. Yeah. Doesn't even exist. If you go talk to the public, say, have you ever had a massage on a mat? They go,
1: huh? (laughs) Is it based in Thai work?
0: Yeah, the foundation. Uh, The reason I I decided to rebrand was so many people kept telling me it wasn't Thai and I'm just like, okay, cool, it's not Thai, next. Yeah. Like, I get tired of arguing with people about what is and is not culturally, and I don't know. It's like, for instance, just real quick, what's the difference between sports massage
2: and stretch therapy? Uh, Let's see. Sports massage and orthopedic. Not a lot. Orthopedic
0: and Thai. Uh, I'd say not a lot. Not a lot, no. So, a little bit of a pariah. Like, you you stepped out of the box. The therapists barely understand, in many, in many cases, right when they get out of school, they don't understand how to work on chronic pain on a table. I hate to say that, but school just prepares them to get their license. It's a very bare minimum education. Not only do I take them off the table completely, I go, here's a completely new platform where you can use your legs and feet on a mat. And they go, I don't understand. This isn't massage. And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> we have some challenges.
1: Yeah. i also think um a part of part of the reason why massage therapists are okay with um such low pays is because our schooling teaches them just like the basics the bare minimum and how to get a job making someone else money
0: yeah i it's interesting that i don't really um i don't spend a lot of time razzing on school owners because they're sort of standardized and homogenized due to legislation and law. They have to be able to get the students to pass the MBLEX. Yeah. And even when I go into a school and teach in core curriculum, occasionally as like a modality day. It's like throwing a monkey wrench in their curriculum because I come in and go, what about freedom? What about use your legs and feet and like let's change the service to help people in chronic pain and all the students love it. But when they go back, they're like, stop that. We're doing Swedish. Yeah. <laughs> and it's you like need to- they got to have the basics before they come and work with me. And that's what part of the challenge is educationally.
1: Yeah. Uh Another part of the challenge I could see it being is because when we are taught just like the basics and they're like, you just need to learn this routine first, learn this routine. And then a lot of students are afraid to take something from Thai or take something from Ashiyatsu and put it in just like a regular therapeutic. I call them combination massages because you should take something from everything if it will benefit the client. And I think a lot of uh, students or new massage therapists are afraid to do that to make something that their own.
0: The the battle that I see, and I teach sequences, much like school does in Thai, to get the students started. And as soon as I teach sequences, they say, Well, how do I improvise? Once I teach them how to improvise, they go, I don't understand what's the sequence.
2: Oh, I see. Yeah. I,
0: I understand. And you go, guys, um, like, how do I work on low back pain? Okay, I'm gonna give you a sequence. That sequence is going to fit 80% of the clients, 80% of the time. It's going to save your hands. It's an amazing sequence. And they go, oh, but how do I, like, improvise? I'm like, okay, start with the sequence and then begin adding pieces.
2: Right. And they're like,
0: I'm like, okay, listen, if you really want to work on low back pain, I'm I'm a big fan of personal responsibility. I want you to set up appointments with 10 people, and I want you to work on them and I, I want them all to have low back pain and I want you yeah. to do it 10 times a week for a year. And they go, Oh, that's a lot of work. And I'm like, I, I know this shit cause I did it. Yeah. <laughs> like I learned how to work on chronic pain by working on chronic pain and experiencing it in my own body. So the process of getting where I'm at is in independent practice, private practice there was no facility that could house what I was doing. You know, my own massage community was like, this is not massage. And I'm like, okay, cool. Let's go. But next let's go. And that has been a point of contention ever since because I kept going, okay, hold on. The fundamental piece that I got to was I was in private practice. I had freedom to do whatever I could do to help the clients. And so long as I helped the clients, they did not care what I called it. They did not care how I worked. They just cared that their back pain went away. And mm-hmm. when I helped them with their back pain, they would freak out and go, dude, this is, oh my God, this is amazing. This is way better than massage. This solves the problem. And I'm, and they're like, why aren't massage therapists doing this? And I'm like, they keep telling me it's not massage. And they're like, oh my God, are you serious? And I'm like, Mat work is 0.01 percent of the current marketplace in the U.S. No major facility would allow a, a, a therapist to work on a mat. I work in private practice. My my bias is I teach mostly towards private practice. There are not a lot of facilities banging on my door going, "Hey, can we have this innovative pain management service?"
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't. I I feel like. People just really, really need to to be more open and st- to to things like that because I, we're so much in a organization or a, a profession where every it's very very kind of old school and traditional, and they're trying to break out of what the old stuff uh, like what it used to be associated with, but they're still hanging on to a lot of those things, and it's more about relaxation and all this kind of things. I have, completely- I have
0: opinions on this. I don't know if you can tell visually.
1: <laughs> I can't. I did see it, but I wanted to try to get my thought out because I felt <laughs> incomplete. But let's hear it. Let's, let's go from what you're... Well, I mean, the,
0: the whole thing is, is like the, the service itself, um, even table-based, um, going to massage school, I don't have any issues with that particularly. Um, just something as complicated as what we're doing where I'm using a camera, communicating with you through Zoom, making a podcast. This is verboten across a lot of the massage industry. There's a lot of massage educators, school owners, who don't want to do things like this because we don't like that internet. And the internet is scary. The, that that de- digital distribution of information, like, is is te- you, you were talking about the tech stuff. You got to be good at tech. I'm like, I'm not good at tech. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept breaking it until it worked. <laughs> right. <laughs> so when you're in an industry that doesn't want a podcast, you go. It feels to me always that the industry, like we're having conversations about private practice, uh, independent contractors, employees, they're not breaking out of the mold. So like one of the things I ask all the time in my classes is I go, guys, how many of you want to work in private practice?
2: How many of you currently work for somebody else? And I go, why don't, why don't all of you, you're all in class, there's 10 of
0: you, You all live in Austin. Why don't all of you get together and rent a space together and split the rent and form a cooperative? And they're like, oh. And what it comes down to is they're like, well, I'm not sure Carol's going to pay the rent. And I'm like.
1: (laughs) Well, that is true. Yeah. But it could work out for like really well for a lot of people. Oh, sure when i had told one of my friends that i was going to do this podcast about with you and what it was going to be about and the the franchises or the chiropractor offices that don't want to pay you what you're worth and then i was like there needs to be a revolution there has to be like some type of awakening in for massage therapists and he's like well maybe you should just start a co-op and i was like not a union and he said no a co-op
0: well i've got students in classes and i've i understand this a bit more over the years uh, I would teach a class especially the mat class the first intro tie and the students would like the work they would be doing the work and be like man this is awesome it's easier on my body but it feels great you know but then they look at it and go there's no facility that would let me do this yeah and I go yeah work for yourself and they're like "Aw, like when are you gonna open a place and I'm like me like you don't even like me as a teacher. You want me as a boss? <laughs> do you, do you realize what I would be like when I had to have that phone call with you and I'm like, "Hey, you need to put the bong down and get to work?" Yeah. Like, no. You don't want to you don't want me to be a boss. What they want is they want me to t- take care of the business. They want me to do the social media and the business side they don't want to do. The thing that holds them back from private practice. And then I'd go, "Okay, listen. I'll open a place. I will do this. I'll I'll I'll, I'll hire you, but I want
2: 60%. Oh,
0: and I go, congratulations. You're, you're yeah. figuring out what being an employee is.
1: <laughs> don't you think that it's very, very true that some people are just way happier uh, just being worker bees versus owning their own stuff? Like they would just not rather hustle, Like as you said, the business part and they w- they're just much more happier just being an yeah. employee. Than it and I don't time. have
0: any... Like, I don't have any concern about a therapist working for somebody else, so long as they're happy. What I can't tolerate is I don't like my boss. I'm like, quit. And they're like, oh, but it's so much work. And I'm like, yeah, you might be as grumpy and irritable as your boss when you're done. Yeah, it's like the the personal responsibility in 2023. uh, It's not a popular message. Like what I do is I get up every morning and uh, I think about all the hate mail I receive regularly and negative comments and teasing. I get on Massage Entrepreneurs and I have coffee and I look myself in the mirror and I'm like, Robert, it's all your fault, now get to work. (laughs) I do that every morning. (laughs) Like all the problems in your life are your fault. Right. And and it it takes the pressure off, because I'm like, okay, just get to work and just make it a little bit better, you know. The issue is the therapists, especially employees, that what I see in the industry is they always want to blame the boss. And, and even bigger, you ready? They want to blame capitalism, the evils of capitalism. The, the Marxists, like they're take you know, the they're, they're bourgeoisie, they're taking control and, you know, owning our labor. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is America. You can go work for yourself. That's true. You're not forced. And they're like, no, no, no. You know, and it's like, OK, it's cool. I know that personal responsibility is not a <laughs> a popular so, message.
1: So uh, based on uh, that that sentence, would you say that when I say that even working for somebody else, we're not paid really fair wages or paid what we're worth. Would you you kind of disagree with that because I could just work for myself?
0: I was nice. a philosophy student and what I would wind up doing is we'd have to have a podcast for about four hours and we'd, we'd, we'd have a discussion about what the word fair means. Okay. So here's what I see as the bigger, the bigger picture. We got private practice, independent contractors, employees, kind of three different layers, right? Yeah. Somebody in the th- industry usually falls within those three employees get lowest pay and the lowest amount of freedom in my experience um the the owner meaning private practice you get the most freedom and usually the highest amount of pay independent contractor is kind of uh in the middle
1: yeah it's about independent contractors are anywhere from 30 to 60 percent usually yeah
0: so the the issue is um and and i look at this and i'm not an expert like i'm also not like I don't know a capitalism apologist. Like I'm not like capitalism, yay. Like I just kind of, I don't know. They're kind of like, are you Marxist? Are you a capitalist? Are you a socialist? And I'm like, I'm a human, floating on an orb in the Milky Way, trying to figure it out.
2: <laughs> it's
1: like
0: when when it's all said and done, the the rents due at the end of each month. Yeah. You know wh- whether I own the building, which is a mortgage to the bank, or it's paying rent to the the landlord. So the issue is, massage therapists on the whole, and and this is where there's a deeper critique. Massage therapists wanna know why they can't sell a massage and make more money than Massage Envy. Massage Envy is the largest employer of massage therapists in the United States. It's the largest chain globally, probably. So Mm -hmm. the issue
2: is if massage therapists all do massage, you as
0: a consumer who's gonna purchase a massage, why do you wanna pay $100 when you could pay, I'll say, $60? I don't know what it is, a massage envy. But why the $40 difference?
2: Yeah.
0: And the issue is instead of selling a can of corn, a commodity, you need to sell a can of Jolly Green Giant Niblets. You need to sell a brand. And and the therapists in class, they hate discussing business, by the way. It's also the reason why I have you on the podcast because I have to do this as an outlet to discuss the things that I think are really interesting in the industry, and I do enough body work and technique and that sort of stuff. Right? What's the difference between a can of corn and jolly green giant niblets?
1: Nothing, maybe the sodium and and, and
0: niblets has a trademark symbol after it, by the way.
1: Oh, I never noticed that never ever noticed. Oh,
0: I do. I pay because I I love this geeky stuff. The difference is I went okay. I keep being the 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 clients like it. But the therapist keeps saying it's not massage. It's not massage. It's not time massage. It's not traditional. It's not time massage. Okay. It's a next level pain relief session. It's a it's a pain management service. It's six hundred dollars a session. Mm-hmm. The fuck? <laughs> They're like, dude, are people paying? And I'm like, I'm busy. Not just saying clients. I'm teaching and, and doing. I'm, I'm 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 diversified. You know, like I yeah. have time to still do a podcast, fortunately. But it's like I'm I'm diversified. Like, the difference is, I had to be okay with being mocked. And I had to be okay with being made fun of and called names by my colleagues, by the way. This is not by the public. The public loves what I do. Massage therapists are the ones who critique and mock me. I'm in private practice selling a brand. And they're like, what the hell is next level pain relief? And I'm like, the future. (laughs) The difference is, can you get one of these sessions at any of these massage facilities?
2: One of your sessions, no. Yours is and they're
0: like, how the fuck are you charging $200 an hour? I'm like, because I'm one of the only people offering it, other yeah. than the students I'm working with. Makes sense? Mm-hmm. Massage therapists are all selling a commodity, can of corn, and then wondering why they can't charge brand prices, luxury prices. It's like Ferrari is not for everybody, Rolls Royce yeah. is not for everybody.
2: Makes sense? Anybody mm-hmm. can buy a car.
0: But only a few people
2: can buy a Rolls Royce. Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
1: But even uh, even places because they are Massage Envy, it is a very well known brand. They make a lot of money. What? How much is it? It's like in the billions? Revenue every year? Yeah. 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 They pay one of the lowest prices for uh, one of the lowest wages for their massage therapists.
0: And this capitalist critique why can envy get away with paying some of the lowest wages
1: I'm, I'm very interested in hearing it and why are massage therapists okay with it
0: so <clears throat> massage therapists feel like they don't have the, a way to fight back and and my critique of it is uh i'm very big into the like well so uh do you know anything about utah phillips and like labor unions and stuff uh,
1: a little bit about labor unions just yeah. because there was a lot of unionized workers in the yeah. army
0: yeah. So I, I and I'm 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 limited just like anybody else to my own experience and background. So I was I was made familiar with Utah Phillips from Ani DeFranco. And Ani DeFranco, they did fellow workers and then the past didn't go anywhere is one of Utah's albums and he's a folk singer. But mm. he sings a lot of songs about the wobblies and all these people and Ammon Hannesy, and it's all of this d- direct action essentially. Is is a big big piece. Not only personal responsibility, but he's like shut it down if you shut down the mine and shut down the looms the owners have to they can't mine anything and they can't make anything yeah direct action and the therapists go oh but this is really hard and I go yeah like there used to be kids working in coal mines you know how they shut it down there was physical violence involved like the the five-day work week was not just a gift bestowed upon us by our capitalist overlords. There were people who fought and died for that shit and to get kids out of the mines. Now, it's not the same thing, and I'm not not comparing it completely, but it's like when therapists in the United States, particularly, are acting like they don't have choices, I'm like, listen, if you're a therapist and you work for Massage Envy and you want to make it, you want to go in private practice, I want Mm -hmm. you to do something radical. I want you to go out into your community and I want you to take one day a week and I want you to set up your phone on a tripod and I want you to work on people in chronic pain and document everything you do and put that across social media, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, I want you to build a new audience and build private clients so that eventually you make so much money in private practice that you can't afford to stay at massage envy. And they go, Oh, but that's really hard. And I'm like, I know. How do you think I did it? Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, well, but they just want an outlet to be able to complain about, you know, capitalism. I love Bernie Sanders, and it's like, cool, Bernie's cool, like, I ain't no problems, I'll, I'll have that debate, that's, it'll, yeah. So, if,
1: if enough therapists, like, drunk the sauce, and they're like, I get it, I, um, they're not paying me enough, so I do want to open up my private pa- practice, and we have all of these individuals in the area that are opening up their private practices, and then you have massage envy, and chiropractor offices, and other places that don't have employees to give massages, it would drive up the price to to pay.
2: Who, so even if somebody controls the it? labor,
1: yeah,
0: and you, <laughs> like, I, I worked at a, a chiropractor's office for five years. The last time I worked for someone else, and mm-hmm. I was uh, an exemplary employee. And I finally went into the chiropractor's office and said, "Listen, I'm really appreciative of everything you've done for me. I'm making so much money in private practice. I cannot afford to stay. I'm going to give you like." how much time do you need? In other words, not two weeks notice. Like, do you need three months? And they're like, Oh, would you do that? And I'm like, sure. No, this is totally good terms. Like I'm not trying to stress you out. You're a business owner. You have to fill my space. And you know, I don't want this to be a stressful situation, but I do need to go, you know, do my own thing. They were doing insurance billing. So they're controlled by how much they can pay me because they can't bill the insurance company enough to make the up the difference. Does that make sense?
2: hmm
0: so the deal is when I control my labor like there were massage therapists who worked with me who literally walked up to the front desk after I was gone and they went how how did Robert escape <laughs> like it was a prison and it's like guys I I worked 12 hours a week at the chiropractor's office the other 40 hours a week, I was working on my own business, websites, podcasts, like you were saying have got to be good at tech. I figured out how to do all of this, trying to increase my digital footprint to let more people know about what I was doing so I could charge $600 a session. The difference is I talk to students and they're, oh, I don't like social media. I'm like, wow, you don't like the most potent communication tool ever developed in human history? And they're like, oh. I don't want to be on face i'm like wow you don't like the most potent communication tool developed in human history you can use to build your business
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's very much a double ed- sore, edged no, sword edge but there. people are going to judge me and i'm like listen if you're lucky you'll make as much as i do and you'll be as hated as i am <laughs> true and i drink coffee and learn to deal with it <laughs> there it's are options and i and i do want to stress that you got private practice independent contractor employee long as you're happy I, i'm cool like you don't it don't matter to me like when a student tells me i don't i don't like social media i don't want to do none of that i'm like okay then you need to go and set up do chair massage or mat table based whatever clothed in the public to, to garner clients
2: how are people going to know about you yeah you gotta you gotta build if you, if you want to do
0: it, it's called direct action and cut out the middleman. Why is Massage Envy making the money?
2: You can go direct to consumer. D to C. Direct to consumer. People are like, you should open a school. I'm like, eh. And they're
0: like, oh. I'm like, listen, if I open a school, then I got to teach to the, the MBLEX and do all the basic core curriculum. Why don't I start a school on the Internet where I sell you information directly? And they're like, oh, do we get CE credit? And I'm like, why do you want a third party involved in the educational things that I'm giving you? They're like, oh, but we want the credit and prestige that comes from having the brick and mortar building. Cool. Is the brick and mortar building
2: owned by me, or is it paying the landlord? Yeah. Is is massage envy
0: like the There's layers here that the massage industry is not. I don't think fully looking at no D- direct-to-consumer was like I, they're like you need to open a school and I'm like I have a school that's on the internet and they're like but no like a real school I'm like oh like a real school where you receive Robert's magic touch because it needs to be hands-on I'm like how much how many hours is core curriculum and they're like 500 hours I'm like cool I have a thousand hours of video instruction online and they're like what and I'm like there's a thousand hours. I recorded every class since 2017. You can go watch whatever you want.
2: And they're like, "Oh, yeah. but I
0: don't learn via video." And I'm like, "I don't know. You can you can come to Austin and pay me $800 a day for Robert's Magic Touch." I engaged in direct action and went. I'll like it. I'm gonna go change it.
1: Right. So but, uh You know how they were? Uh, some people were like, "Oh, do we get a?" credit hours, continuing education hours, or do we get a certificate or anything like that? Do you feel like maybe that it gives other, like possible clients a little bit of validation? Like, oh, they got a little paper certificate, so they must know what they're talking about.
0: (laughs) So I think that the public, for the most part, um, and let's, let's take it as an example. So it's not to disparage the state of things. Um, do clients care that people at stretch lab don't have a massage license? No, no, they don't (laughs) do most consumers. So long as the massage is good, do they care that the therapist has a license?
2: Uh, no. No, no, no,
0: but, but therapists, this is what I see. And I'm a continuing education provider, the therapists Want to show off their certificate to other therapists and say, I studied with Eric Dalton. I do Reiki. I do uh, orthopedic massage and study with James Wozlowski. Clients you... don't even know who those people are.
2: No, it's, you're right. It's
0: therapists like showing off to other therapists. And I go, why don't I just show you how to solve a problem for $7 a month? And they're like, oh, but I don't learn via video. And I'm like, I don't know what to say about that. I'm running four cameras and teaching live via Zoom with a keypad switcher that I made. Like, people are working with me from Canada and I live in Texas. Yeah. And they're like, well, can we get CE credit? And I'm like, no, the state of Texas blocks all hands-on instruction online. And I'm like, why is that?
2: Hmm, that's really interesting to me. It is interesting. Why would they do that? They don't want competition. Well, the state
1: of Texas does make an awful lot of money for massage
0: therapists. (laughs) And I go, guys, um, what about this? If the state of Texas ever allows hands on instruction online, I will give away CE credit for free to every massage therapist in Texas for the rest of my life until I'm dead. (laughs) How's that for competition? And they're like, what? But how? I'm like, you charge money in the other 49 states. Yeah. The deal is direct action. I'm a hard ass. I feel like, I'm getting older, I feel like Archie Bunker or something. Like, I'm just (laughs) drinking coffee curmudgeonly, you know. Um, But the thing is, the stuff that the therapists want, the real freedom, and when I say this, it's to be able to give you the most freedom in your practice to be able to help your clients directly, with what they've got. I love working on chronic pain, and I loved being able to improvise to help the clients with pain, to figure out what was causing it, help them with the underlying like root issues, and I got paid handsomely to do so. The problem is, over time, the more clients I helped, the more disparate it became from the mainstream massage community. People were just like, we don't even know what the hell this guy does. Like, this is just, like, it's anarchy. Like, he doesn't, doesn't follow the rules. And I go, they were in pain. They're not in pain now. Did you read the reviews? Yeah. <laughs> the difference yeah. is, if you change the service too much, you ready? It becomes not this commodity massage, and then you have a marketing and brand issue. There was a point where people didn't know what a Ferrari was, or a Roll, well, Rolls Royce. What the hell is that? Make sense?
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, one little quick story. When I was working at a chiropractor office, like one of the, my favorite things to do on a to a client is like when they're on their table, they're face down in the prone position, and then I'll climb up on the table and I'll like paw my way up and put my knees like right on their uh, like right beneath the their butt cheeks, I guess, like the cleft, yeah. and then I'll like paw up their back and then grab their arms and pull them back. It's a it's a tie stretch, correct? Yeah. That is a tight stretch. Anyway, they had to let me go because uh, that was not allowed in uh, real massage therapy.
0: Every class, the students go, we want table work because they work on a table. 0.01% of the industry is mat-based. And I go, okay, halfway through the class, they start getting on the table. And I go, you're doing mat work, you're doing mat work, you're doing mat work. And they're like, oh, and it's yep. like, yeah, now, You're up on the table and I'm I'm not, this is a totally legitimate technique. I think it's wonderful. I want you to understand, is the place that you work at as an employee going to fire you for doing that? And they're like, well, I don't know. I'm like, because you didn't read the company handbook and Massage Envy has a corporate policy that you have to keep one foot on the floor at all times.
1: Yes. Yep, they do. And that was what this, this uh, particular place that I was working at had their policy as well. Even though the clients loved it, they're like, she gave me the best stretch ever. It was the best thing, like at least five of them, five-star reviews. You know, they were so happy with it.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I worked at a facility, this is many years ago. Uh, I worked at a facility in Baton Rouge and got fired, basically. The other therapist went into cahoots against me and like got me canned but like I was getting comment cards where people were like, this is the best guy in massage I've ever had. I don't, I don't like this, this guy's amazing. And I had those comment cards and the, the boss called me in and was like, we gotta let you go. <laughs> and it's like, all right. And then I slowly, they're like, how did you get in private practice? And it wasn't just like, I need to go work in private practice. It was like, I got fired so many times. I'm like, I don't make a good employee. <laughs>
1: All right. Yeah, that is it, absolutely mind baffling. And so I, even after um, they let me go, I was like, I wonder if they like, miss me or regret it. Because <laughs> because I, I did bring in some clients that absolutely love that type of style.
0: The difference is the large chains and facilities need a level of homogeneity and standardization. It's massage. And then here's the problem. They can easily replace you because there's a new crop of students coming out who follow the rules.
1: Well, I think the rules should be done away with a lot of the time. <laughs> no,
0: I'm, ag- I'm generally, generally speaking, um, I'm against massage regulation across the board, which makes a lot of massage therapists angry, but they don't understand what I'm up against as an educator teaching on the Internet. So,
1: Do you know so in massage school we talked about how massage uh has come a long way since the 60s and 70s you know they were uh referred to as masseuses and they were associated with all kinds of things you know sexual connotation and even um as and how far massage therapy has made progress to get away from that which it has but i think sometimes the standardized uh massages that we still do like the the dark rooms the mood lighting the everything like that it kind of still keeps keeps it over in this area that will never get away from it just because it is so standardized and it's like you have to be in this block
0: well um i had a i had a problem at a point and i was i was trying to figure out how to sell time massage to clients this is many 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 moons ago and i was like because i loved the time massage I, i just felt like it was way more effective but it was like there was a I don't know, it was kind of some kind of sales. I couldn't figure it out. And I did this, like, thought experiment. And I'm like, well, what is massage? And what is the, the Thai massage? And what's, like, the difference between these two things? And when it came down to it, I was like, the massage as it's currently taught in school is four things. Table, cream, glide, and nudity. And the nudity in particular is why it's done in private, in, like, an enclosed room so that people can't see you. Yeah. And here's what I did. I took away the table, took away the cream, took away the glide, and took away the nudity. What did the massage therapist say? It's not massage. And I'm like, awesome. Then we don't need licenses in all 50 states. Yeah. I, I like that. That sounds good. Let's do that. <laughs> but then they're like, but you, you do. You do need to be licensed. Exactly. Like, we don't, we don't like you, and we don't want this service. And I'm like, okay, so don't buy it. And I go keep finding new clients and students and it keeps growing and they're like, and I'm like, well, you kept telling me it wasn't massage. Now, here's the deal. Why is massage, and I do think about this, why is massage in the United States still having problems being sexualized?
2: Um, Because of the nudity. So why don't we get rid of it? Well, for me, i think that you can get a
1: lot of work done on some bare skin
0: can you not get the same work done with
1: somebody clothed you can but it, it's just not as in there if that makes sense i don't know how to when people wear like long shorts you know because we got the draping we keep it 100 percent modest have when you they ever, got ever like had a time sh-
0: massage on a mat
1: i i have not had time massage ah
0: okay hold on no no and i just wanted to clarify but go ahead
1: yeah. So then when they have like the long shorts on and stuff like that, and I'm like trying to get in there, I'm going pretty deep, and I'm having like this nice smooth glide. I want to go all the way up into the attachment sites, like right up there on the side of the, the glutes there. And then they got these long shorts on and then I stop and then I have to do the compressions on the rest of the way up. And it doesn't feel as complete to me. It feels like I left something undone.
0: Where do you live geographically? I know you're in Texas, but where?
1: Oh, forehead area.
0: So come to Austin. I'll give you a session for free. It's three hours. Yeah, I'll I'll record the session and we can have this chat again. If you decide you want to do this. If and I'm not saying not everybody has to do this one, I don't want massage to be sexualized, including table cream, gliding, nudity. Like, it was never sexual for me. I I cut my teeth doing table cream glide nudity, going to massage yeah. therapists, getting table cream glide nudity sessions. I eventually got into Thai Massage because it felt deeper and more effective for the specific problems that I was having pain-wise.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it was a different model. And I went, damn, like, why is it? And I'm like, well, it's done in private, and the people are naked. When you include privacy and nudity, it, like, Unfortunately, has a sexual connotation. Yeah, I, I go. Do. Why isn't chiropractic sexualized? Why isn't physical therapy sexualized? Why isn't personal training sexualized? Why isn't pain management sexualized?
1: Yeah, I think it has a lot to do with the the privacy, the dark rooms the atmosphere, more so than uh, having somebody drape, because you can drape somebody really, really well.
0: So what I do is I get rid of it. Yes. My next level pain relief studio would be one big open room, and everybody works publicly and clothed. And more, what's more than that? We can film and photo document everything.
1: So uh, th- Thai spas in Thailand, that's kind of how they are. They'll have like, what, like four or five, six beds lined up. And then everybody starts a session together. Everybody finishes together.
0: It's, it's a rogue concept. Everybody's like, no, there's no way. And I'm like, you're wrong. And they're like, well, why don't you open? I'm like, I have no interest in opening a brick and mortar facility until I can buy the shopping center. And they're like, what? And I'm like, you're trying to get me involved in a real estate game. Brick and mortar is real estate. I have a school. It's on the internet. Yes. I, I teach you how to go direct to consumer and cut out the middleman. Now, it's not because it's not a profitable model, but the problem is as long as you call it massage, somebody at some point is going to come in and try to like sexualize it. Did they go to a next level pain relief therapist, a the next level pain relief specialist to get a hand job? Pardon my French. No, they would have ask and that's the thing. It's like for you, and I understand that, like you like the nudity component and you feel like the clothes like cuts off s- some of that, which is also why I was asking if you've ever had a mat session because the way I'm interacting with tissue is sometimes confusing to therapists. But for me, this is, this is me personally. This is the personal responsibility <laughs> thing. I was like, wait a second. I went to massage school to get out of pain. If I can deliver a service that's even better for pain relief, the clients don't care if it's massage or not. And what it did is it, it, it harbored me down, it like anchored me into this niche of like pain management where the people were coming to me and like, I have to do Google research on their medical conditions to try to figure out if I think I can help them with whatever they're, they're dealing with. But here's the deal, I was making $600 a session. It was quite nice and it was more intellectually stimulating and challenging and it separated my work. The other part was I kept filming and photo documenting everything and putting it on the internet and teaching people what I was doing about pain management. The people who were angry about it are massage therapists. Now, in the end, what it does in my experience, and I get this feedback even from uh, women colleagues who were doing work very similar to mine, it like completely removes that like sexual innuendo, if you want to call it that, to the massage itself. It's like, no, 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 no. This is next level work. Oh, once you remove the nudity, it changes the focus. And like students are always amazing to me. They'll go to like a gym and set up a mat and like work on people. And I go, hey, how'd that go? And they're like, I booked fourteen hundred dollars worth of clients that day. And I'm like, how's how's your training for seven dollars a month coming along?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will say though, uh, because I do a bit of sports massages too. Um, I I, I a practice bit of, bit of what? In, uh, sports massages. Yeah. yeah. And I do them in gyms where I practice jujitsu at and a lot of because there is no privacy there is no dim lightings almost everybody that i do work on wears like their their shorts or their spats and their rash guard and i work on it through them and for whatever reason i don't ever feel like the work is not completed that i set out to do and it takes away the nudity it's the mi- mindset that's all
0: it's like if therapists came and got a session And I I remember this distinctly. I don't remember who, who it was, but a therapist came in and got a session with me. I worked on it for three hours, and they were, like, stammering. They're like, dude, I don't... What the fuck? What the fuck are you doing? Jesus Christ. And I'm like, dude, are you okay? And they're like, no, dude, I've never felt this good my entire fucking life, but this is not massage. And I went, ooh, how... How could I fix a car in a way that a mechanic would say that's not being a mechanic? And the deal is table, cream, glide, nudity. I had removed those elements to a point where the service was un- unrecognizable. Does it make sense? Yeah. Now it was exceptionally effective for, for pain relief. And I want to be clear about that. It was exceptionally effective for pain relief. But for me personally, I had to let go of my fixation on being a massage therapist as a part of my identity. Like, if I'm at a party and somebody's like, oh, you're a massage therapist? I'm like,
2: eh. They're
0: like, I don't understand. What the fuck do you do? I'm like, I'm an online entrepreneur in the educational space related to, like, massage and bodywork."
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What? I'm mainly teaching on the internet from four camera angles to students who got my message. Yeah. Oh, what the hell? I don't know any other educators with, or very few with our own podcasts in our industry. Some some exist, but.
1: Yeah, not very many. I think the the guy that uh, makes this M Black Study guy, he has a pretty popular podcast. But when I was, when we decided to do the podcast together, of course, I was Googling and I was like, I don't even know where he streams at. And massage therapy is not, it is a very small uh, group of podcasts. Yeah. Very many people do
2: it.
0: The, the whole thing was. I encourage students to be in private practice. I'm about to run something here in Austin where I'm working with students over coffee to kind of help them with their business plans and get their, their head straight. Because I love the business side. If there's anything that puts students to sleep in classes is when I start to discuss business. They're like, oh, you want to learn like magical techniques. And I'm like, all right but let's, uh, let's do some magical techniques and not discuss the things that you really need for your business to
2: be able to grow in 2023.
1: All right. So would it be kind of like a mentorship
2: program? Um, the the coffee, the
0: business chats that I'm doing are with therapists outside. So in other words, they're not necessarily interested in what I teach as an educator. They're just okay. therapists here in Austin who are having business problems. And I said, hey, I wanna, I wanna do some new stuff where like, I got a podcast, which is cool, but yeah. I want to film us and go over your business problems. Because I want to get a deeper sense of, like, what therapists are dealing with when they want to, I don't know, they want to open a wellness clinic or whatever. I want to help them with business. I want to talk about business because I don't have a chance to discuss that as much because they want technique in class. Hmm. Massage therapists, on the whole, don't want to discuss business. And it's when I say that, I'm talking business. mass industry.
1: Yeah, it's a very scary thing to talk about. Like, so if I stopped working uh, where I'm working right now, right, and I was just like, I'm just going to go for it all in, right? So I do have my own stuff, and then I work for somebody else. If I went all in, I wouldn't even know where to begin. I, I, um, I would start in this room <laughs> and try to figure it out from there. So it is very, very scary for people, even if I want it so bad, because I am interested, I like it, I can do things on my own. It's very, very scary.
0: Sure. Sure and and what I did was I turned and faced the demon and I was like take it at the kneecap first <laughs> okay now get the ankle it's, it's like the walking dead I'm like go for the brain okay got it like you got yes, you got to take yeah. it one, one piece at a time I'm also I mean I talk about entrepreneurship constantly but people think that the entrepreneurship is just gung-ho just work for yourself and it's like I worked for a chiropractor for five years Building my own business on the side, there's nothing wrong with delivering pizza to get where you want to go. It's just a matter of like, I don't want any therapist to work in a facility that they don't like and they don't like the service and they don't like the staff, owner, Mm you know, boss. It's like, go work for yourself,
1: yeah, Yeah. or even cut down your hours here and then work more hours for yourself until you can work completely for yourself. I mean, I, I did an, an experiment in
0: class one time and you have to kind of break this down as an educator. I was like, okay, uh, how much you guys get paid an hour? And it was like, let's just say it's 30 bucks
2: mm-hmm.
0: at that time. And then I said, okay, if you saw private clients, how much do you charge? And they're like, like 80. I'm like, cool. Now you're making 80 an hour. Now, how many clients do you have to see at 80 an hour? And it was like, we did the math and they got to this point. I'm like, could, how many clients could you see in private practice? you know each each month and they're like, "Well, I could probably do like two a week, which winds up being eight a month and at $80 an hour it was like $640. Something like that, just making up numbers. And then we we did the math and they went, "Holy shit." Like I was working a third amount of time and I made just as much money and I'm like, "Now do it again and do it again and do it again and build your client base and build your bankroll." and see as many private clients as you can until you're ready to leave. They think it's like all or nothing, and it's not. The, the business ideas have to be built, they have to be nurtured, and it's continuing ongoing labor and work.
1: It is. Um, so, because I do do them out of my house sometimes, I have noticed that um, I do not attract very many female clients coming here because they like the spa environment they like the relax and spoil yourself thing are you primarily
0: selling massage though
1: you're selling an environment
0: because see and that's and this is me this is me that's part of the downfall we are never as private practitioners I'm never going to be able to compete with a large spa for their accoutrements in the building and guess who makes money off the building
2: not you the landlord
1: Right. That's who makes the money. So be that being said, because I don't attract as many females, like the clients that I do attract actually want work. They want to feel better. They want to get some work done. Not a lot of females come through here, but even that, like knowing that and noticing it pretty quickly, I'm like, that's even scarier because I want to have a variety of uh clients. So it's like, how can I put this out there that Um, Hey, listen, I might not have like this really pretty environment, but I can make you feel real good. (laughs) I mean, it
0: really just depends on the the kind of practice that you want to have as a therapist and like how much like massage it's going to be. Um, I knew that I was going to be an abject failure in a spa environment providing relaxation. There wasn't enough there for me to be able to stand out to give the most stellar relaxing massage to be able to be a success in that marketplace. My heart was in pain management. Yeah. But what do you wanna do?
1: It would be more on the sports rehab of pain management side of the house. And like that's it, what I really, the, really like.
0: That notion of massage and the nice spa accoutrements, how attached are you to that?
1: I'm not, but I am attached to having a female clients cause I don't wanna work on all men. Cause being a woman that kind of gives a bad, look that if all my clients are always men, and it doesn't have to be, maybe that's my own perception, but it, it, I would like to have a very well-balanced type of clientele. I mean, well, and here's the thing,
0: I, I think about this, so, and I'm trying to give business advice, because again, we're talking about you know, private practice, independent contractor, employee stuff. Um, I would get women who are in pain, and women who are athletes with injuries, and invite them in, give them a free hour session, record the sessions, do a before and after video. This is mm-hmm. Diane, Diane's a soccer player. Hey Diane, t- can you tell me what's going on? You, you know, you. Can you tell me how much your pain has improved like after the session? And you stitch that video together and then you put it on your website. Now, what happens from a consumer standpoint is when women see, well, wow, she worked on Diane and Diane had a knee problem from soccer. So if, if she can work on Diane, certainly she can work on my back pain. What mm-hmm. happens when the video on your website is women?
1: More women will want to try it. Aha.
0: So you put your, your ideal clients in the video.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Like, um, for me, it's, it's pain management. Um, and I constantly learn to do this. Like I'll take a pain scale, which is a very, um, subjective thing, but it's like, what's your, your pain at? And they're like an eight. And then when the session's over, I'm like, how's your mobility? Awesome. Do you feel better? Yes. Okay. You were at an eight at your pain level. What's your pain level at now? And they're like, like a three. I'm like, you dropped five points from one session. I was like, dude, that's phenomenal. You just gave them their life back. When you do that and document that in video again and again and again and again and again, when people hit my website, what do they think I do? It ain't a spa. Does it make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. What you have to do is you have Massage Envy and Hand and Stone and like these large chains. You have to offer a service that the other facilities can't compete with. In my case, it's pain management. Literally, I I do this and the students don't quite don't quite get it because next level pain relief isn't built yet. This brand is in the process of evolution. I'm building this slowly. People will call me and say, hey, man, you know, I want to get a massage and I'm like, hold on. Are you in pain? And they're like, well, yeah, I got this low back thing. And I go, what do you do for work? How bad is it? And they're like, well, it's like a three. I'm a computer programmer. I sit in a chair all the time. I can probably address the bulk of that in one session.
2: God
0: damn. They've already made a decision whether they're going to come to me or not. Yeah. And the deal is that sort of confidence where I rerouted the conversation away from a massage and towards pain management happens constantly. It's like, well, I see you got all these great massage reviews, and I'm like, hold on, do you want a massage? And they're like, yeah. Well, I was hoping, you know, I like I like candles, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't think this will be, yeah, this and this isn't the the session you want. If you're in pain, I can help you. If you want a massage, you should probably go somewhere else. Now, think about what that feels like to a consumer. Like, what the hell does that guy do?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think a. Uh, That also frightens a bunch of people is because in massage school it is drilled into our heads, be careful what claims that you make, and obviously no no practicing outside your scope of practice, no making these claims that I can fix you or I can I can cure you, but they're like the only thing that you should be saying as a massage therapist is it helps with relaxation and stress, and those are like the the big. So let's look at it
0: legally, and I've read Texas state law. Have I ever once said that I diagnosed or treated a condition? No. A lady wrote me the other day, she had a, man, it was a text message. She chatted with me for 30 minutes, and she had CRPS, and I had to go look it up. Once once you get to an acronym, it's bad. And once I read the word syndrome, I was like, uh-oh, here we go. This is the, the, the digital rabbit hole. Complex, Regional pain syndrome. She'll get, like, burning in her extremities and arms and, and pain for reasons that the doctors can't figure out. And I'm like, she's like, do you think what you do can help me? And I said if the issue is soft tissue related. Which is when I'm, you know, I work on pain. How do I work on pain? By putting a stimulus into their nervous system and seeing if their nervous system responds with a reduction in pain. That's nine times out of 10 everything that I do on a daily basis. It depends on what the root issue with her specific chronic pain issue. If she has some sort of autoimmune response, like she has rheumatoid arthritis or something, what can I do about that? Nothing at its core. But does the rheumatoid arthritis cause other soft tissue complications where I take her from an 8 to a 6? Yeah. Ah, but all I did was unwind the soft tissue piece. I never tell people like I diagnose or treat, you know, certain conditions. It's just I work in a way, once you start de- dealing with the mat, you're working with the body in a different way. So, for instance, um, I sometimes put pressure, generally speaking, over the adductors. And when Mm -hmm. I put pressure over the adductors, meaning I'm sitting in suspension using a double-footed compression, standing on top of somebody's leg on the adductors. Now, what are you taught in school about putting pressure on the femoral artery?
2: Don't do it. Why? Because it could pinch it. Do it almost every session. Massage therapists don't have double-footed
0: compressions. They don't have the same set of tools that I have because they have this. Now, do I want to put this in a femoral artery?
2: No. Aha, I'm giving (laughs)
0: therapists a broader range of tools which changes the parameters and the clinical outcomes of the session. It's not magic, I can teach anybody to do it. The therapists just have to kind of push over the table and work towards a, a broader mat practice. I'm not telling clients that I, I uh, diagnose or cure conditions. I go, listen, bro, like, they're like, I, I've heard this before. Why, why isn't the Western medical community studying this? And I'm like, because the research money goes to Oxycontin. Yeah. They don't study hippies on suspension standing on people. There's no money in it, and it can't be scaled. Once you own the chemical compound, well, now you can sell
1: Oxycontin everywhere. Yeah. But uh, going back to that even um when when you are taking the like your your additional certifications for like sports massage therapy it it becomes very strange to me that doesn't really make sense because they're like oh you can only claim that you help relieve stress and relaxation but then when you are still in massage therapy school like getting certified specifically for sports massage you still have to do assessments and you have to understand what's going on and you still have to treat them but they're like Oh, you you have to assess you have to know what's going on but you can't tell the clients that you can only tell them it's for stress relief and relaxation even though you know that um it, it could be caused by this this, Do, this does whatever. the
0: state board go after people because they say that massage helps people in pain
1: no it's not illegal
0: I've, I've read the law like you can't diagnose or cure conditions if you on your website if you said if you suffer with low back pain, upper back pain, carpal tunnel syndrome, or knee pain, I would I would love to work with you. I'm particularly adept at helping people with the soft tissue component of these maladies. Mm-hmm. Is anything I just said illegal? No. Soft tissue. There's enough pain to go around. Like, there's no shortage of pain. Right. Now, when I deliver effective results, I'm not doing anything even remotely outside of the scope and practice of massage in the state of Texas. You know, I'm completely working within scope, but I do have a much broader set of tools because I work on a mat. I always tell therapists I'm like, guys, I, I know that you guys dislike me and you think I'm ugly and fat and you call me names and whatever. How have I been a success? And it's like, I teach exceptionally effective body work. Imagine what you can do as an attractive person who's nice. I never won because of my personality. Yeah. If It helps people. And they're like, the clients are freaking out because they can't get my work somewhere else. Like people talk to me and they're like, why well, aren't you afraid of competition? And I'm like, uh, Matt work represents 0.01% of the marketplace. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So even as your students that you have and you're mentoring towards through your uh, mat work program, when they branch out in the Austin area or even in the surrounding areas, they would almost be like your competition. But I I can almost see that as it boosting your. Okay, we'll
0: do do some quick math. Kristen did this this many years ago. Kristen has been working with me for four years uh, consistently. So uh, Kristen at some point was like, you know, well, aren't you worried about competition? And I'm like, no give me just one second.
2: All
0: right. Uh, Let's see. So there's 1.6 million people in Austin. Let me, let me do this real quick. 1.6 million. And there's me and I'll just make up numbers, me, Kristen and Danielle. So let's divide that by three. So we're only dealing with 533,333 potential clients apiece.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
2: (laughs) It's like,
0: now let's say uh, we're going to multiply that by 0.01% and we're still dealing with 5,333 people in chronic pain. Yes. It's like you will be
1: quite busy, <laughs> yeah,
0: and the thing is I'm in education like i'm I'm doing more working with students like you um, online, you know teaching and stuff like I said, I've got students in Canada and New York, other states uh, Washington, so it's like I've expanded my reach even further through educational ventures. there's just not a shortage of people in pain who are looking for a solution when I have to field a message from a lady who's got crps and i have to go oh let me let me go look this up real quick and then i chat with her and go listen i've never worked on this specifically it really depends on whether there's a soft tissue component um what are therapists taught about working on like herniated discs this comes up all the time herniated and bulging discs
1: oh they were taught to stay away from it but that's
0: now what what, do i stay away from it no That's where I make all my money. And they're like, what? And I go, okay, so if they've got a herniated or bulging disc, I can't diagnose or treat a condition. But when they've got a herniated disc, do the muscles around that seize up because it's trying to prevent the mobility in the spine to prevent? And they're like, oh. So maybe the person's in pain, but here's the deal. The herniated disc might only be causing a level 4 pain, but they're at a level 8. Guess what I do? I peel back four layers and get paid and give them their quality of life back. And doctors thank me because it keeps them off the surgeon's knife as long as possible until they have to, you know, go in and medically, you know, deal with that surgically. Like pain management is my bread and butter. All the complicated stuff, the edges, is where all my money comes from. And it's going in and helping people with soft tissue pain management again and again and again. It's like... The, the exciting stuff was to take the anatomy physiology I learned in school, combine it with like Thai mat-based body mechanics and go, ooh, let's look at this from a different angle. What is causing their problem? Why is that muscle tightening up so much and how do I create like slack and then base it on what they report as their pain and the reduction in the pain? The more I focused, this is me, I, this is crazy to me. The more I focused on, like, make it as effective as possible for the clients, make it as easy on my body as you can. And they said, that's not Thai massage. And I went, "Uh, okay, it's a next level pain relief. And they went, but you can't change it. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't know how to tell you guys this, but the Buddha was dedicated to relieving suffering. Why do you have such a problem with me doing that? Like, but it's not traditional, and I'm like, mm, Oxycontin wasn't really traditional until recently either.
2: Yeah, it's true.
0: Private practice, you got to be a bit of an asshole like me to be in private practice. Independent <laughs> contractor, you got a little more freedom. Employee, you just show up and do as you're told. Now, right. what did what did bosses say? They're like, We got to let this guy go. This guy's yeah. this guy's trying to solve problems. We just want to dole out another massage with somebody who's not going to question the status quo. And it's like I get paid uh there's no soffited lighting, it's well lit. I can film my sessions from four camera angles. I talk to clients, uh I listen to little peep while I'm in session and if the clients, so I had a student do one time. They're like, "What if the client doesn't like your music?" And I said,
2: "Well, I'll
0: probably change it for that session, but I probably won't work with that client again." And they went, "What?"
2: And I'm like, the session's three hours long. The music is for me. Yes. It's Different. True. You I
0: don't I hate the spa music. I wanna shoot whoever made this podcast and if I hear this Mariah Carey Christmas song, I'm gonna commit Hari Kiri. I'm like, work for yourself. <laughs>
1: So since you do work for yourself and you have your own brand that you're doing and stuff, what would your advice be towards people who do want to stay more like not have their own brand? So they do still want to do very much like what would be considered a traditional massage, but still be independent on their own. Okay. So because if you, you, you if you want to do the
0: same sort of, and I, and I don't mean this in a disparaging way. If no, they want to engage in table cream, glide, and nudity, and they mm-hmm. still want their own private practice.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, how are they gonna find clients? That's the real, the, the thing. Clients is what builds the business. Right. You have to have good, who, good community relationships, people mm-hmm. have to know who you are, and they have to be seeking you out because they trust you and want your service. So, you, how do, you, so how do people find you? I ask students this constantly. How do, how well, I get word of mouth and I go, this is word of mouth and it scales globally. And they're like, no, I mean word of mouth. I'm like, this is word of mouth and it scales globally. Like, no, I just want my clients to tell other people about my healing massage. And I'm like, why do they think the digital and the organic or the hands-on are like in competition instead of stacked on top of each other?
1: Probably because what they're taught in massage school never video your client. Why? Because their privacy is uh, paramount. But Hold if on. they agree to it, what's the problem? privacy
0: is paramount? Okay. Yeah. Now, if the if the stu- if the client. <laughs>
2: hey, I
1: mean, I video, if you look on my Instagram page, I video my clients, I ask them, of course, get permission. And I'm like, it's just like a 30 second to a 60 yep. second snippet.
0: I, I have specifically taught at a massage school. I filmed my classes. And after the class, the school owner contacted me and said, Hey, we don't, we don't allow people to film their classes. And I go, I wasn't in the contract.
2: Yeah. And
0: they went, Oh shit. He read the fucking contract. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a businessman. I know. Like I'm, it's my class. I'm going to record my class. Yeah. And they're like, "What if the student doesn't?" I'm like, "The student signs an AV waiver that they're going to one. They're going to get a free copy of their class afterwards." Mm. Oh shit! Holy shit! He's like giving them. He's making them sign a contract like so that they can use. Oh my god! And and what did they say? In other words, they're like, "Well." God damn it, but you're not following the rules. And I'm like, yes, but I'm not breaking the law. I know the difference. I have a lawyer. Yeah. In the end, somebody wrote me and they said, I wanna read this to you. I just got this text message. Question, the people you use to create your massage education videos and the videos you're selling, how did you work out the compensation with people you worked on in your educational videos? Meaning, yes, we need a signed release form and did you compensate them to be
2: the model in the video? Did you? Never. I've never paid anyone anything that I recall.
0: I give people free work. I yeah. work with students. Um, I, I got a student come in in the day. Uh, when, when they come in and uh, train with me, I have to have a model come in. I'll be filming the entire session.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Why does a model come in? They're getting free body work. Yeah. It's like, it's a very simple thing. I just if I ever have a question, I just send my lawyer an email and go, Hey, I got a question about this. And he's like, Oh, yeah, just have him sign an EV waiver. You can find it on Google. It's easy to download like a pretty standard form. It's just allowing you to use their image on your social media and in whatever way makes sense.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: the whole deal is I see massage therapists as pushing back against this. And Every time I talk to school owners, they're like, well, we have a, a, no, a no camera policy. And I'm like, why? So what you've done is you're, you're a business owner. You're, you're a school owner. You talk to me and you say, hey, we need help promoting my business. And I go,
2: and they go, no. And I go, yes. I'm like, you, you're, you're going to lose to the internet. And yeah. they go, but no. And
0: here's what it is people are naked at the school and they're afraid that students are going to film somebody naked and there's going to be a liability issue, yeah. whereas everything I teach is completely clothed. That's true. And that's what the difference is. Like It's this interesting thing where you change the parameters, and in my case, I realized I could film and photo document everything, mm. and it drew more and more clients, and the same students who were like, but I don't like the internet, I don't like all this social media, and I'm like, okay, so don't like it. It's not going away. Yeah. Why wouldn't I want not just word of mouth? Because I have clients who love what I do and tell other other people about it. But when they write a Google review, oh, other people can read that. When they give a video testimonial, oh, other people can read that, can see that. Like, if anything, it's interesting to me that massage as such an intimate industry, so personal. Why do massage therapists not want to introduce themselves to their potential clients?
2: Why would they not want to? Yeah. I have no idea.
0: Because they're afraid that they'll get judgment on the internet. And I go, you will. Losers will comment on your stuff. Yeah. And you're going to have to deal with that. But guess what else is going to happen? You'll get- Rhonda down the street is gonna see that and go, man, I got this sciatica thing that's killing me, can you help me? And then they write you a message and you're like, oh my God, I got a client almost effortlessly. And I go, now make a thousand more videos. But but I don't don't want people to judge me. And I'm like, I get judged every day. I I get called names, I, I I get tons of hate mail. And this is from other people in our industry. And you know what I think? If, I, if it ever even gets under my skin, I go look up their profile and go, loser. Yeah. Sorry. Next.
1: So uh, in orientation, they're, uh, when they were discussing how you cannot have your phones in your rooms or take videos for any reasons or whatnot, and they're like, anyone who does that is not professional. It is not professional to do this. And then I'm like thinking, I'm like, but I, but it is, <laughs> it's so much is. So
0: massage therapy, uh, massage school owners. Uh, regulators they contact me and say Robert you're you're not behaving like a professional and
2: I go I get paid and I'm like god damn it he's not he's not following the rules and I go yes but I don't break the law there's a
0: difference the deal is they're operating according to this old provincial model in the end I help people I promote what I do. I talk about pain management. I help people in chronic pain and the whole thing just continues to grow. I'm like, I'm going to take clips from this and like, so we're recording this full podcast. I'm going to mm-hmm. cut like a minute clip and put gifts in it. It'll be like the Lord of the Rings and the Gollum and Schmeagol will come in and you know, it'd be <laughs> this bread or whatever. And they're like, what the hell does this have to do with massage? I'm like, builds brand. I put poker videos and liquor tasting and coffee tasting stuff on my YouTube channel. Why? draws more interest in the things that robert is interested in does make yeah. sense yeah. It's, it's building personality through this and in the end it was like the people who did not like me were already not going to like me to begin with putting mm-hmm. out massive amounts of video allowed the 0.01 percent of that 1.6 million population to come in and pay me where my life was cake except mm-hmm. i read from massage therapists we don't like you and i'm like okay like we think you're an asshole and I'm like yeah I am it's cool I agree with you but the work is exceptional <laughs> yeah. it's like in the end I had a school owner and I'll tell you the story real quick because we talk about this like private practice independent contractor employee right most of mm-hmm. the schools because they're teaching to the bare minimum to, and when I say bare minimum I'm not criticizing schools the schools are in a position where they've got the student, get the students ready to pass the Mblex or it doesn't work right they've, they've got to standardize five hundred hour curriculum is not enough to teach them how to work in private practice five hundred hour curriculum isn't enough to explain the difference between these three layers-hm
2: Mm-hmm.
0: hundred hour curriculum is bare minimum. A school uh contacted me here in town once. And they said, it was like their marketing director, and they said, Robert, I need help. And I was like, at the time I had a a home uh, in, in Round Rock, and I had a home studio, which was a converted garage. And they said, I need help with you promoting the school. And I'm like, but you work at the school. Like, why do you need my help? And they're like, Robert, you're goddamned everywhere. Like, we couldn't, Robert, you send traffic to the school. And we can't figure out how the hell you're doing it. In other words, they're looking at their Google Analytics and they can see that people are somehow hitting my website and going to theirs. Yeah. Like They're like, you're the only educator who does this. I need you to come in and help me. And I, I knew what this conversation was going to be like. And I came in and they said, okay, here's a problem. We need the maximum amount of reach with no budget. And I said, hold on, let me think about it. All right. Listen, you're going to go up to UT. You're going to go to the film department. You're going to find somebody who's got all the cameras, material, equipment, editing software. They've got everything. They're trying to pad their resume. You're going to find somebody in the film department. You're going to get them to come to the school and they're going to make a video with each student. Each student is going to film a technique and then like a self-care video related to something for that specific muscle if it's a tricep. Mm -hmm. After those are filmed with each of the individual students, you're going to have the editor process it so there's an intro and outro segment that attaches it to the school with your social media shares on screen. And you're going to upload those to your social media channels, including Facebook, and each of the videos that comes out maybe once, two, three times a week, you're going to tag that student to get them to share that video with their friends and family and loved ones. Because look at how professional Rhonda is. She's in massage school. Yeah. Their jaw hit the floor and they were just like like stunned that I solved the problem. And I was like, you might have to pay him 500 bucks.
2: Mhm.
0: Pretty cost effective. And they said, "No, they they would never they would never allow that." And I go, "So meeting over?"
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, how did I do it? then that's the thing, I'm not afraid of people's
0: judgment. That's yeah. consistently what I see with students, is they're like, well, I'm, a, I'm afraid to break the mold and that people are gonna judge me, and I'm like, they are, and they're losers. It's true. Like, when, when you make a video, uh, this happened with somebody uh, recently, uh, a friend of mine, um, friend of mine, student, uh, David made a video, posted it through his thing, I grab his video on Facebook and share it through my, my page.
2: Mm-hmm it was like
0: 8,000 or 11,000 people who followed my Facebook page who just potentially saw his video because he was brave enough to make a video. Yeah. The students who don't make videos don't allow me to share their
2: stuff. Does it make sense? Yes. If you, you know, produced over the years, a
0: thousand videos, what does your website infrastructure, YouTube look like?
1: I can't even calculate it. It's going to... You're going to have so much eyes, eyeballs.
0: And guess what Massage Envy doesn't do?
1: They don't do that because it's unprofessional. Yeah, I mean, it's,
0: <laughs> their, their business model is, is a different thing than ours. My, yeah. my business model is very polarizing and, and by necessity. I needed people to be rapidly like amazing and then very angry at what I was doing so that I made money over here. And then these people, oh, do you know do you know the joy I feel to argue with someone on my Facebook business page who has a top fan badge who does not like me? <laughs> They're do, a fan of arguing <laughs> from from a resort in Jamaica, by the way. Wow. I'm like, I'm winning, bro. The fact that you don't like it, thank you for boosting the algorithm because you don't like something I said. Like no. this is not this is not about you specifically. I don't want people to dislike what I do, but if you choose to do anything that has any individuality, is everybody going to like it?
1: No. No. They're, they're probably going to hate it more than they like it because people don't like anything different.
0: Massage therapists are addicted to but I want everybody to love it.
2: And I'm like I don't think that's a good business model.
1: It's does true. ever
2: does ever I do this? Does everybody like Bob Ross? No. Everybody like
0: um, Mr. Rogers? No. Mr. Rogers. People don't like Mr. Rogers. What is Mr. Oh. Rogers? Come on.
1: Most everybody likes them. Ah.
0: But the thing is, there are people, and that's the thing. If you start listening to those voices, it becomes like overwhelming. Yeah. In the end, my opinion about. the the students who want to work for themselves. They have more options than at any time in human history. More opportunities to build businesses, like way even beyond mine. It's just, you have to have the tenacity to like continue striving, struggling, find clients, communicate with people, keep building. Why wouldn't I want global distribution of information on my side? Why wouldn't I want to make TikToks about that? Right. The, the the way people's hair turns gray when I mention, well, why aren't you having the students make TikTok at the school to promote it? And they're like, oh my god, this guy's like a goddamn anarchist. And I'm like, the internet's not new. Yeah. Why aren't you using this? I'm like, okay, let's look at it different. You want to be in private practice?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Would, you want to be to, would you want to be able to run TV ads?
2: Yeah, Eventually. Okay.
0: Would you want to be able to be in the newspaper yeah would you want to be able to run radio ads
2: yeah this so is the tv already
0: this is the radio this is the newspaper and it costs nothing to distribute information globally it's they're like i don't but i don't i don't understand i haven't i've had an educator tell me point blank they're like okay one, Robert, people cannot learn online. And I go, okay. I mean, I know you think that, but cool. And then, I, and they go, but you're not just filming your entire class, are you? And I'm like, yeah. And they said, but if you, if you give them everything in video form, they're, they're not going to take your class in person. And I'm like, but well, you just said they can't learn via video anyway.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, he, the, the dude, uh, Dalton, he does yeah. videos now, and they're like all over Instagram and TikTok, right? And his classes, to go take an in-person class is super duper expensive from Dalton. But um, he does like snippets of his class on there. But for whatever reason, if you mention that to anybody else, they're like, well, he does it. And they're like, well, it's still unprofessional, but it's not, it's absolutely not unprofessional.
2: Well,
0: Dalton... Uh, Waslowski in particular, um, Dalton maybe even more so than Wazlowski, um, does a lot of close-on work. Not mm-hmm. all, but um, it's a little bit, little bit closer maybe to what I'm doing. The yeah. the thing was, I went, okay, Robert, you have a .01% like market share. Like, just turn on the fucking camera and keep showing it to them. Yeah. And, and get 10 students to keep showing it to them, and get 100 students to keep showing it to them until you put so much video across Facebook groups that you start getting banned because there's such a market share and market reach that are ready massage envy contacts me and says, Robert, we, we have an idea. We want to open time massage envy. And I go, I, I know somebody who's got training materials for you.
1: That's interesting. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. interesting. So going back to the reason why we started this podcast. So it's safe to say that when I made the, uh, the comment that, um, Massage therapists don't get paid for what what we're worth. You didn't really sympathize with me or uh, agree with me because your your main idea or thought process is work for yourself.
0: So I I don't want to I don't want some therapist who sees this to think that I'm unsympathetic or unempathetic to their plight. Mm hmm. Like, they'll say, well, not everybody, and I'm like, yes, there, there, there are factors where people economically or for a variety of reasons can't work for themselves. And I understand that, but I think in many ways it is the easiest time in human history to work as a massage therapist in the United States and be able to build your own practice the way you want to do it. Now, it may be like me, it may take you five years, You work at a chiropractor's office in the meantime. Mm -hmm. But I want people to go towards their hopes and dreams, not their fears. Yeah. In capitalism, the boss will pay you what they can get away with. If we did not have a minimum wage in this country, would employers pay less than minimum wage?
2: Absolutely.
0: And if Massage Envy, let's say you make $30 an hour, if Massage Envy could not get people to work unless they paid thirty-five an hour, what would Massage Envy start to do?
1: No, say that again. I guess I missed it.
0: If 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 Massage Envy figured out they couldn't pay people thirty dollars an hour, they could only get staff at thirty five an hour, what does Massage Envy do?
1: They would pay what they could get away with thirty
2: five.
0: And the deal is that's direct action to me. That's the the process. It's not that I want therapists to deal with getting a smaller wage. And you have to understand this, I'm an educator. So I think I can show a therapist who works at Massage Envy how to use more effective techniques right on the table. Mm -hmm. And can do so?
2: I think you could.
0: For $7 a month. Yeah. And they go, but but people don't think what you're teaching is valuable. And I'm like,
2: Mm.
0: okay. Uh, the suspension masterclass is $1,500. The workbooks and DVDs, I think the full set's $370. Private training with me is $800. The apprenticeship is $250 a month for six months. And they're like, Jesus Christ, dude, what are you doing? And I'm like, uh, I'm trying to fuck up an entire industry using digital distribution of information that saves the therapist's hands. And yeah. they're like, dude, what the... like? In the end, if... Let's say you make $30 an hour, you work at Massage Envy, and I'm totally making up numbers. Mm-hmm. You get to the point where you have such effective techniques that you've learned from me for $7 a month that you're fully booked at Massage Envy. What happens?
1: Your clients would probably leave with you, but nothing's going to happen to you and, or in that. And I would
0: never encourage you to steal clients or whatever, but you just you do such effective work. Your books are completely full. How does the boss now treat you? Oh, they love you. Yeah. You, you've maximized, you've maximized your, your time there. Does it make sense? Yeah. It makes it easier. Are you ready? Even though I love private practice, it makes you a better employee.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You're using more effective techniques. Then more therapists want to emulate what you're doing. It also means, and this is me, I was a good employee. When I needed time off, my boss always gave it to me because I gave them plenty of advance notice. All the clients loved me. They made tons of money from billing insurance when I was helping people in pain. I was an asset to their business. So they made it easier for me to be an employee. Does it make sense? Yes. Now, when it came time as an employee, I'm fully booked. I work at Massage Envy, I'm making a story here. I go to the boss and say, man, listen, I, I like being fully booked, can I get a raise? I know you pay 30, but can I, could I get 35 an hour? Well, yeah. are you more likely to get a raise now? Yes. Are you li- more likely to avoid all the pitfalls of private practice? You don't have to make video
2: one. You work in massage envy. You can make more money. Yeah. Uh huh. And you make more money by
0: being an asset to the business owner. And being somebody that they want to keep happy because they want to keep all those clients happy and keep those client clients churning through the practice. Right. You want to be head therapist, lead therapist. Ooh, you're lead therapist now. Make sense?
2: Yes, it does. Now,
0: do I want therapists to be able to negotiate for their pay? Yes. The problem is, if you're fresh out of school and you go into a massage envy, what kind of leverage do you have?
2: None.
0: And that's, that's what the issue is. Yeah. It's having, having that sort of leverage. You know, what I'm really in favor of isn't just math practice or whatever. Um, I'm really just in favor of the therapist having their own dreams and creating the massage envy of the future. What does the industry look like? This 2023. What does it look like in 2033? 2043. And the massage therapists generally just go, well, but it's massage. And I go, "Mm, we didn't have Stretch Lab and Stretch Zone about five years ago. Mm -hmm. What happened?
2: Stuff. It's growing.
0: People from outside the industry saw the angle that the therapists weren't picking up on. And I was trying to teach stretching and mobilization techniques on a table. Looks just like Stretch Lab. And the therapist kept telling me, but
2: my clients want massage. Make sense? Yes, it does.
0: The massage therapist left a bunch of money on the table that they could have picked up and used. Then, when I saw Massage Envy unveil their stretch service, Straight I was like, defense. <laughs> never going to be. And here's why they did it. They, I guarantee you, they started to see they were losing some market share because people who were athletes were going away from massage envy from this relaxation massage because they wanted stretch therapy. Make sense? Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. There's, there's a lot of little nuance, you know, you can give to a service, lots of uh, different ways. I don't think it's necessarily good in your case to try to compete on the spa environment unless that's just absolutely your choice and you want to have a spa and hire staff the facility and the accoutrements i'm that's anathema to me that's not something that i'm trying to replicate in any way my tastes as a therapist dealing with pain management are almost spartan uh, compared to a lot of therapists
1: yeah so my dream would actually be like more um almost in every brazilian jiu-jitsu gym that you go into or even in like say like a gold's gym there's this little area which is like a table where i just do body work it doesn't have to be private it does, it can be clothed and then i just do it but i'm gonna be everywhere that's now, good medicine massage is good medicine so now
0: what happens when instead of bringing a table and destroying their mats you do mat work in a brazilian jiu-jitsu gym that is therapeutic brazilian jiu-jitsu
1: I could do that.
0: And now we we run the time-a-size jam out of every Brazilian jiu-jitsu studio in the United States.
1: (laughs) I couldn't do that, but I really, um, maybe it's because I have actually had work on a mat. So maybe it's just like my ignorance speaking, but I do like a lot of table work and I do think that it's very, very effective. So that's probably maybe my ignorance and my lack of experience a little bit there, but.
0: For, For pain management, this is my thing. And maybe I'm wrong, but my experience for pain management, I prefer mat work, bar, hands down, hands down. And here's why. You just get a broader range of tools. That's all. Yeah. I guarantee you if I went into your local Brazilian Jiu Jitsu gym and gave away 30 minute sessions, everyone in that gym would be working with me in short order. And guess what? They but, can see it.
1: They can see it.
0: And you put it on Instagram and you tag BJJ Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, you know, yeah, exactly.
1: There's this other therapist. She's in Austin, actually, and like her her, her niche is basically massaging jujitsu people because she she does jujitsu as well, and she's very very popular. And she does just like little snippets of her stuff, um, working on jujitsu athletes.
2: And she does it on the mats. Yeah, I mean,
0: if you've if you've got a certain set of tools, <clears throat> and you say you prefer the table. Most therapists prefer the tools that they've already got. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they go, why would, like, there's nothing prestigious in video about showing the therapist a mat. If anything, what I do in initially, it kind of oddly decreases the therapist's prestige. They just spent like $2,000 on this electric table, and I'm like, ah, we just work on a mat. Yeah. They're like, but I I work so hard and I got this crazy table that goes up and down. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm maximizing the capacity to use gravity in my feet and legs by working on a mat. Oh, and I can Mm -hmm. film and photo document everything. And they're like,
2: but no, but
0: but." I'm like, do you want to do massage or do you want to be a next level pain relief specialist?
2: Mm -hmm.
0: They're like, I mean, it's cool. I'm not getting rid of massage. There's still massage, I mean, you can still go be employee, you can still work for yourself, you can still do whatever you want. But
2: mm-hmm.
0: wouldn't you be, like to be a next level pain relief
2: specialist? I get it. More more <laughs> tools. The students come in and train with me, and they go, "Well, Robert, I mean, I kind of like the mat work, but
0: I still want to do table." And I'm like, "So do as much as you you want." And they're like, "Oh." you're okay with that? And I'm like, I'm not trying to control
1: your practice. I'm yeah. trying to set you free. Cause I think it'd be super duper beneficial to do both. Like if you had a client that needed more joint mobility, I, th- I think the mat work would well, probably-
0: I, be I taught problem. table tie for 14 years. Guess how much of it permeated the marketplace here in
2: Austin? How much? Why? Oh well, my clients want massage. And meanwhile, what if there was a about, these
0: stretch labs and stretch zones are popping up. I'm like, because they solved the consumer demand that you were unwilling to fulfill because you were fixated on your table and your cream and your glide and your nudity. Yeah. Because you wanted to deliver massage. And you're like, no, but we own this. And I'm like, mm, do you though? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're so very much regulated
0: <laughs> It's like it's not massage, they're not selling
2: massage. they're selling stretch therapy.
1: mm-hmm
2: it's true so if you want to get paid what you're worth you you do what I do and and cut really heavy
0: tax checks and That's you go. Really- does the government need a new car? And you're like, apparently so, because that's what you owe. Be your own boss.
2: Yeah. And
0: I'm like, But that's a lot of work. I'm like, yes. But now you get to choose. What do you want to do? You want the Is- pain and hassle of working for yourself, or do you want the pain and hassle
2: of working for somebody else? I choose your poison.
1: And so, for me, when I was saying that I didn't, that massage therapists should be pa- pa- paid fair wages, and like you said, employers are only going to pay what they can get away with. Even, even in the thread, I don't know if you have read any of the comments in the thread, but even in the thread, it was other massage therapists who felt the same way as me that did start their own business, but were still paying the massage therapists that they were hiring very, very little. And it why, is because, we, because that's what they can get away with.
0: So this is the thing, the, the, the students in private practice, they, they look at it and they're making this labor distinction. Well, it's my labor. And it's like, yes, it is. The business cannot run without you. Mm-hmm. So all of the employees have to get together and stand outside the facility and say, we are all going to walk unless we get a raise. Mm-hmm. And you have to force the capitalist to give away a little bit of their profit to, to give you five bucks an hour, you know, difference. Yeah. Um, there's no other way, direct action. And, I, and I'm not encouraging that. If you, if you run a massage facility and I'm, you think I'm seeding rebellion, please don't, don't send me any hate <laughs> mail. It's just, you, you get what you can negotiate for. And the problem is, if all you're doing is selling massage, they can hire somebody new from right out of school.
1: That's true. It's very very like, true. Excellent.
0: I cannot go get a job in austin no one would hire me they're like no you got to get the fuck away from here you are trouble like we don't even understand what the fuck you're doing like you're not he doesn't follow the rules Mm -hmm. he doesn't fit into our you know and i'm like but i help people in pain and they're like we're not looking for effectiveness we're looking for homogeneity standardization and we want this standardized therapist to be readily replaceable The therapists who are employees don't understand that owner has to pay rent, has to pay for the electricity, has to pay the taxes, has to pay for advertising, has to make sure you put the bong down and get to work on time, has to make, like when you as a therapist call in and say, not not coming in today, what happens to all those sessions?
1: It's out the window.
0: They've got front desk staff, they've got scheduling software, they have taxes, they have all this stuff to deal with, guess what you as an employee have? Oh, awesome. I have to fill out soap notes? Oh. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It, it's like, the reason, and this is what I love, I love when the employee becomes the employer, and then the employer goes, oh, that's why the boss is a jerk. <laughs> it's like, yeah. all the weight is on them, and I'm like, for me, one of the things I chose, I chose to go into education, I didn't want to manage individual massage therapists Mm -hmm. and part of the reason why is I didn't want to become adversarial with the massage community we're like I'm the boss you do what I tell you to do yeah I was like I'm gonna give you the the, the tools and the skill to go work completely for yourself and keep a hundred percent and they go oh but that's really hard work and I go give me sixty percent oh see they don't want to make the choice they they just want higher pay and the deal is, I'll never forget having a conversation with some guys one time and they were angry because the clients didn't tip. Mm-hmm. The clients didn't tip, and let's say they were paid thirty dollars an hour and they were complaining because the client, you know, tipped them five bucks or something and they wanted a twenty dollar tip. And they're like, well, but if the client tips me like twenty or thirty bucks, I make fifty sixty dollars an hour. And I'm like, so why don't you work for yourself? And they're like, Robert, god damn it. And I'm like, dude, listen. This was at the time and size jam. I was like, you picked the wrong day to have this conversation with me. If you want more pay, you get what you negotiate. You have to have some leverage. If you want more money, you go work for yourself. I did six hours of hands-on sessions from two clients today. And at that time, I charged $300 a session. I made $600 before I even came into this time and size jam to give the shit away. Yeah, we're starting hour seven right now, and you're complaining to me because you want the client to give you twenty bucks. Why don't you just get rid of your boss? And they're like, "Oh, but that's so much work." And I'm like, "Yeah, per- personal responsibility. It's very, it's very popular in America right now. They love that. If there's anything that'll light up TikTok, it's when I start making videos about personal responsibility as a white guy in America. They love that. Oh, that's that's a gold mine."
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah oh i can imagine you probably get called uh get told that you're like the head of the patriarchy or you're oh yeah like- yeah
0: misogynist <laughs> uh and this is other educators in our industry by the way um uh, misogynist mansplaining asshat um i don't get colonizer as often but that's one of my personal favorites in the culture at large you know uh like any anything that just generally attacks my character because I have different ideas about stuff, yeah yeah, yeah, out of the norm. So think about you know
2: being an employer. Do you want to pay them more? Yeah, well, I don't know if I really thought something
1: was really unfair, I probably would, because because that, that's my conscience. that's just me if i was like oh man i really know how much you're worth but then i want to make nothing i want to make nothing
0: and this is the thing i mean i don't know exactly what massage envy's uh, corporate policy is as a franchise but a franchisee i'm, I'm just going to make up a number the franchisee like if i decide to open a massage envy franchise i probably have to pay them ten thousand dollars upfront before there's rent on a building yeah. That's just the franchise agreement. Make sense? Yeah. And this is just American business. When I would tell the students, because they don't understand this, they're like, why don't you just give me a job? And I'm like, you're asking me to open a brick and mortar. What you don't understand is you're asking me to play a real estate game. Yeah. I will open a facility. I will have a next level pain relief clinic when... I can buy the shopping center. And they go, I don't understand. I'm like, okay, so if I buy a shopping center and there's 10 units, I'm gonna raise the rent
2: on nine of the units and then my unit has less overhead. Oh, but here's what
0: I think, it's not just franchise. What I think is, go buy more shopping centers. Yeah. Now you're involved in commercial real estate. Commercial real estate is not massage. No. It is not a massage business. Have you ever seen The Founder? No. The The founder is a. I, I love uh, uh, Keaton. I forget his name. Is It was Bill, not Bill Keaton. What is it? Michael. Michael. That's it. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton plays uh, Ray Kroc, who is the, the founder of McDonald's. But essentially, if you watch the show, what happens is, he gets the idea from the McDonald's brothers, but he figures out the money's not in hamburgers, the money's in real estate.
1: Oh, yeah, oh, somebody was telling me about this as well, yeah, that exact same thing, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And, and the thing is, it's like, it, it shifted the whole business model where he eventually bought the McDonald's brothers out for you know, pennies on the dollar. And mm-hmm. it's a it's a very like it's it's seedy at moments of like you're seeing Ray Kroc and his machinations, but at the same time, it's like he had a superior business model that was based on real estate, and not hamburgers.
2: Mm-hmm. The
0: massage therapists don't think business wise on that level. That facility owner is paying thousands of dollars a month in rent. Do the therapists care if the lights get turned off on time? No. They don't pay the electric bill. Yeah. And that's where you get into this weird adversarial relationship with the therapist. It was one of the reasons I decided to go into education and not be um a boss over massage therapists because I didn't want to have those brutal kinds of like conversations. Does it make sense?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: If you want to find somebody who dislikes massage therapists. Find somebody who employs them. <laughs> <laughs> they'll have some, oh, they'll tell you some stories real oh, quick. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, that's silly. Cool. So anything else?
1: Uh, No, sir. I have to get myself to an appointment here pretty soon anyways.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. We didn't talk about independent contractor much stuff. That's most like, mostly like the arguments about misclassification and it's like that's tax legal stuff and, you know, it's like, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of drawn between the two. I don't see as much independent contractor uh, work for therapists these days.
1: No. And the little bit that I have that said that they were independent contractors, like that's what they self-identified. They were put on shift work and they just basically did whatever the chiropractor or the, the office manager wanted them to do. So it wasn't really like they were independent.
2: Yeah.
0: They, they'll argue about the misclassification. Um what I tell people is to get an accountant and get a lawyer and advise with them. (laughs) They they know the structures and how things are supposed to be. So Mm -hmm. cool. Uh, They can contact you, anybody in the audience again at a good medicine massage uh, right over there. And then uh, is there anywhere else? Can they like follow you on Facebook
2: or anything?
1: So I am on Facebook. Um, It's just, what is my handle? It's Heather Marie. Yeah. Cool. And they, and they and know then, what you
0: look like, so. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah.
1: So listen, fun. if you
0: ever want to discuss anything like this again, just contact me, and I uh, appreciate having you on the podcast. If you want to hang out one second, I'll just shut this down. Uh, okay. Thank you guys for tuning in to the podcast. You can run your stuff on Anchor if you want to start your own podcast. It's pretty easy. Uh, you can even do it through your phone. Uh, thank you again, Heather Marie, for coming on board, and I'll talk to you guys very, very soon.